0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Do you have a deep and meaningful and powerful relationship with Jesus Christ like Mary Magdalene did? Do you desire to be with Jesus more than anything else in your life as she did? Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 20 and look at this incredible example of what a heart in love with Jesus really looks like. Good morning, and welcome to another teaching. Today is Good Friday, April 2nd, 2021. Uh, Easter is Sunday on April 4th, where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why do they call it Good Friday? It was, uh, for Jesus, it was the most horrific Friday imaginable. It's beyond imagination what Jesus went through in the crucifixion, on the cross, and, and beforehand, and just how he was beaten um, and, and just, just overwhelmingly mistreated and abused for us. So it was a horrific Friday for Jesus. and And the hardest part about it was that when Jesus became sin, in that moment, the relationship that he had with the Father, and with the Holy Spirit was fractured. You remember why he, when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So for Jesus, it was a horrible Friday. But for us, it's a good Friday because at the cross of Jesus Christ, the way was opened for our redemption, for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. And the payment was made by Jesus at the cross for our sin debt to be paid and for us to be forgiven if we will trust and receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So it's a good Friday for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And of course on Sunday, we we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is by and far the foundational hallmark of not only of all Christianity, but what makes religion in any way real and absolute. The resurrection of Jesus is what makes Christianity different than every other religion. We've said this before, Buddha is still in the grave, Muhammad is still in the grave. Jesus Christ is risen. We worship a risen Savior. Jesus Christ is alive and risen. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it it speaks to many things. but. The most important aspect of the resurrection is that it proves the satisfaction for the payment of sin to our Heavenly Father. Meaning, if God the Father was not satisfied with the payment that Jesus made for the sins of the world on the cross, he'd have left him in the grave. The fact that Jesus was raised from the dead authenticates our Christian faith. It shows that God the Father was completely satisfied with the payment that Jesus made on the cross for the sins of the world. And he validates that, the Father validates that by raising him from the dead. By raising Jesus from the dead, God the Father is saying, I'm putting my stamp of approval on the price that was paid at the cross of Jesus Christ for the sin of the world And you can fully, completely, and totally trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. And I'm going to prove that. I'm going to authenticate that. I'm going to validate that by raising Jesus from the dead. Hopefully that makes sense to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So today on Good Friday, we're going to finish John chapter 20. We were talking about Mary Magdalene. And we're going to finish verses 10 through 18 last time we talked about how Mary is one of the heroes of the faith um, and some someone uh, for for all of us to admire and to emulate Um, and we see that in these verses Um, you know today we're gonna learn um, what made Mary different we're gonna talk about today we're gonna talk about how the disciples um, Peter and John who of course loved Jesus immensely Um, You know, when they go to the tomb that, you know, they leave because Jesus isn't there. But Mary doesn't. Mary stays. And so we're going to discuss about, again, why is it that Jesus appears to Mary first? Um, Why is it he chose Mary? We're going to discuss how that really immensely just gives tremendous reasonable proof to the authenticity of Of the story and of the resurrection, we're going to talk about how if you were going to make up the story of the resurrection, we're going to talk why you would never make it up like this. You would never choose this person to be the first eyewitness of the resurrection. And we're going to talk about the importance of that. Um, And then we're going to we're going to talk about this amazing aspect of of how. You know, Mary is the first person to be commissioned by Jesus to testify to his resurrection. And we're going to talk about how Jesus commissions her to give instructions to the disciples. And again, the fact that Mary was a woman and that Jesus, you know, still uses her in this capacity. We're going to talk about how in Christ there is no male or female. Um that we all are called by Jesus Christ and used by Jesus Christ accordingly and why Mary was chosen here and uh, and not Peter and John. So we're going to go ahead and pray and then we'll read the scriptures and we'll get right into it. Lord Jesus, we just worship you today and we thank you, Lord. Lord, for us, it is a good Friday, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that uh that you of your own will, Lord, and decision went to the cross on our behalf, Jesus. We thank you that you lived a perfect life on our behalf, and we thank you that you submitted to just an unimaginable, excruciating death on our behalf and in our place. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you willingly were tortured in our place and on our behalf, Lord. We thank you for the incredible love of the cross, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you were even willing to have your relationship with the Father and with the Holy Spirit fractured in those moments, that you could become sin, that we would be forgiven, Lord, and come into relationship with you and our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we have no words. We worship you, and we thank you, and we praise you. Father, we love you. We thank you that you've loved us so much that you willingly allowed God, the Son, Jesus Christ, your Son, to be, to be so mistreated, so tortured, Lord, because you loved us so much, even though we are a sinful people. Father, we love you and we worship you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the Word of God in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're in John chapter 20. And we're going to do verses 10 through 18. Verse 10 Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet returned to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So last time we talked about the fact that that Mary had rose early in the morning. It doesn't actually say she rose, she may not even gone to sleep, but that she went to the tomb while it was still dark. The other gospels say she was accompanied by at least two other women. And they had a heart to serve Jesus. They were going to anoint Jesus's body properly because it was very rushed. And that's why they were going. And we talked about how, how you can see in Mary this incredible heart to be a servant of Jesus Christ. Even when she believes he's dead, her heart is to serve him because she loves him so much and has received so much from him. You remember Jesus said, he who's been forgiven much loves much, and he who's been forgiven little loves little. And it's clear here that Mary knows how much she's been forgiven. One of the extremely important tenets of all Christianity is that you and I realize how much we have really been forgiven at the cross of Christ. We have been forgiven in unpayable debt of sin when we've come and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ our Lord the debt for our sin is so horrific that if not for Jesus and our receiving him and him dying in our place we would have to spend eternity in hell forever and ever and ever with no end paying for our sin and the interest on our sin is so much that we would never get it paid that's That's how immensely sinful and how bad our sin is. And so the more we understand the incredible love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all he did for us, Scott, the more we understand the immense love that it took for us to be forgiven, the more we will love Jesus, the more we'll love others, and naturally the more forgiving we'll be of others when we truly understand how much we have been forgiven. So we see in Mary, even more than anyone else, more than the disciples here, we see that Mary just loves Jesus so much and knows how much Jesus has really, really done for her. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to help us one and all, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help us, Lord, to truly understand and comprehend in greater measure really how much you've loved us and how much You did for us in giving your life for us at the cross Lord help us Holy Spirit thank you father thank you father so we saw that Mary came to the tomb Um, however when she gets there the stone is rolled away Jesus is not in the tomb we talked about how Mary goes running to Peter and John to zealously share the news we spoke about how Peter and John ran to the tomb and uh, the body of Jesus wasn't there, of course, and we we talked about how that that they had not understood the word of God that they had that the whole Old Testament, if they had known the scriptures and really understood the scriptures, that they would have known that Jesus had to rise from the dead. And Jesus actually told them a handful of times that he was going to rise from the dead, but they never understood it. We talked about how the more time you spend in your Bible, the more time you spend in the scriptures, Esther, the the more you will understand the will of God and the word of God and the things of God, Judy. Um, And so we left off um, with with the disciples, you know, not seeing the body there. And, And again, in verse nine, it said, they still did not understand from scripture. And we talked about how every single thing of any value, of any eternal value that we still don't understand, it's because we don't understand from the scriptures. Verse nine, they still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So we spoke about how you wanna give your time more and more and more every day, going to the word of God and to the son of God lens, right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So in verse 10, it says, then the disciples went back to their homes. This is an amazing scripture. Um, this is the, the renowned, now world-renowned, Simon Peter and the Apostle John, right? Uh, two of the pillars of the Christian faith, as Paul talked about in Galatians 2. And yet, you know, and, and I could see myself doing this. Uh, some brothers and I laugh about it, right? We were doing Bible study last night on this passage. And the men, they go, they take Mary at her word. Even though she's a woman, they believe her and they take her at her word. Because in Christ there is no male or female. They they go to the tomb and and uh, certainly they verify that all that Mary had told them is true. That Jesus' body is not here. Um, they establish that he's not here. And then verse 10 amazingly says, then the disciples went back to their homes. Okay. Jesus is not here. Um, My sister Cheryl made a good point that, you know, the men probably went home because they were trying to figure out what they needed to do. I don't know why they went home. But Mary does not go home. Mary, it's not just a matter of fact deal for Mary, as it can often be for us. I can see myself like Peter and John running to the tomb, verifying that Jesus is not here and then saying, OK, I don't know what to do now. I guess I'll go back home. But verse 11, the first two words of verse 11 is what is what we really want to take away from this teaching, really from both teachings. Verse 10, then the disciples went back to their homes. Verse 11, but Mary. And those two words, but Mary, is what our heart is. More than anything else, this is how we want to be like Mary Magdalene. We want want that scripture to say our name. We want it to be and say, but May. But Tom. But Mama, but Papa, but Learne. Verse 11, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Mary didn't go home. Mary didn't leave Sarah. Why? Why is it the disciples just go back to their homes? I mean, he's not here. Let's go home. I mean, I'm hungry. I got to have breakfast. I got, that, I got that show I was watching on Netflix. I want to get back to that. We don't know why they went home, right? But we certainly know this. And this is the principle in this. And this is why we want to be like Mary Magdalene. When the disciples went home, they missed Jesus. How many times in my life have I missed an encounter with Christ because I went home, Nathan, too soon? Because I stopped pressing into Jesus too soon? Because I I wouldn't wait on Jesus any longer. Jesus did not appear to Mary because she was a woman. He did not not appear to the disciples because they were men. The reason that this woman is chosen as the first eyewitness of the resurrection, which if you stop and meditate on that for a moment, This is the single most important eyewitness of anything in all history, ever. The first eyewitness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the single most important eyewitness of anything, in any time, and anywhere, ever. And the first person to see it is a woman that Jesus drove seven demons from. It's not the mighty Simon Peter. It's not the incredible Apostle John who wrote five books of the Bible. Peter wrote two. It's a woman who loved Jesus so much, who desired to know Jesus so much, who desired to be with Jesus, next to Jesus, serve Jesus, even though she thinks he's dead, so much that she's not going home. Yeah, Mary knows He's not here. The disciples find out that he's not here. They don't know what to do, so they go home. Mary's not leaving. Why does Mary stay? But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Mary's not leaving. Why? Because that's the last place she saw Jesus' body. And she's not going home until she finds out where Jesus is. Because you know what? Jesus is not at my house. Jesus is not at Peter and John's house. She don't know where Jesus is, but she certainly knows this is where he last was, and she's not leaving until she finds out where she can find Jesus. She stays and waits on Jesus. I don't know how many times, probably countless, I have missed what could have been an amazing, wonderful, powerful encounter with Jesus Christ, my Lord. But it didn't happen because, because I was in a hurry. And, and, I, and I confess this is something that I'm, I personally am, am very much guilty of. I'm in a hurry a lot. I, I'm not a patient man. And it's something that's uh, it's sinful. And I have to, uh, I really have much growth in this area. I have little doubt that I would have left and gone home. I would have got any information, man, I got to go home. I got to think about it, whatever. I'm just doing my deal, right? Not Mary though. Mary's not concerned with anything else, but where is my Jesus? And she is an overly overwhelming example to the body of Christ in all generations as to what it looks like to have a heart for Jesus Christ. And because this woman does have this incredible love, this incredible care, this incredible heart for Jesus, she is gonna be the very first eyewitness to the resurrected Jesus Christ. That statement is so profound, there are no words. The reason that's so important And I already alluded to this, is that if this whole thing was going to be made up, Omela, Mandy, if this whole story was going to be made up, if this thing wasn't true and you were going to make it up, you would never, ever, ever, ever have the first eyewitness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the most profound event and important event in the history of humanity, you would never have that be a woman, let alone a woman of no standing at all in any way. If you were going to make this up, you would certainly have the first eyewitness of the resurrection be some incredible man of notoriety. At the very least, you would have it said that the mighty Apostle John or the mighty Peter were the first person or persons to see Jesus resurrected. But that's not what this says. It says they went home. The Bible is so real. It's so clear. It's so candid. If you recall, 2,000 years ago, a woman's account of something would have meant nothing. It wouldn't have had any meaning at all. Any, it, you know, it, would have, it would have no veracity at all. But yet that's what happened. That's the truth. And that, that is what John writes here in the Gospel of John. That it wasn't him and Peter that saw Jesus first raised from the dead. It was Mary who was the first one to the tomb and found out that Jesus wasn't there. Then it was Mary who ran and reported that revelation to the disciples Peter and John. But the disciples Peter and John certainly believe her, they certainly go, and they certainly see the tomb is empty. But then they leave. They don't have the same heart As Mary in the same fullness of Mary, of course they love Jesus, but not in the same incredible, pure, all-encompassing, nothing else on my mind way as this woman of God. Clearly, because she's not going home. She stays there overwhelmed with grief because I need to find Jesus. That's all she cares about. And that's what we need to care about today. All you need to care about is where can I find Jesus? That's all that matters in our life. That's all that will ever matter, Kristen. It's all that matters, Lauren. Wherever you are today, if you have never come into relationship with Jesus Christ, if you have not received him as your Lord and Savior, then just then just pause this and do so now. All you need to do is call on Jesus. The Bible promises in Romans ten thirteen that if you will genuinely and meaningfully call on the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life, you will be saved from your sin. And you will go to heaven when you die and you will come into relationship with the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All you need to do is genuinely call out to Jesus, knowing that you're a sinful person, knowing that you need a savior and simply pray, Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinful person. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you are the son of God and that you lived for me and died for me. And I ask you to come into my heart, Jesus, now, and to be the Lord of my life and to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, I place all my faith and trust and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. If you will call on Jesus, sincerely knowing your need of him as a sinful person and put your trust and confidence in him, asking him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life, you will be saved today. Jesus will become your Lord and Savior and Master and King. God the Father will become your Heavenly Father the Holy Spirit will become your guide and your counselor and your comforter. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. It's only moments longer that Mary waited. I'll say again, we want to continually wait on Jesus in every aspect of our lives. In everything we do, we want to make Jesus a part of it. We want to wait on Jesus. We want to live our lives by the Son of God and the Word of God, the Word of God and the Son of God in every way. We want Jesus to be a part of it. Moments later. She bends over to look into the tomb. Why is she looking in there? Maybe she's seeing, maybe will he be there? Maybe will he be back? Where can I find Jesus? Let me look in again. You just see her heart. She so overwhelmingly just wants to find Jesus. And she thinks he's still dead. She sees two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head, one at the foot. Clearly she doesn't know they're angels. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? An angel is an interesting being when you study it in the scriptures. An angel is not an emotional being. In the Old Testament, we could see, we could see an angel strike down 100,000 people and then have lunch. Woman, why are you crying? Angels, Angels serve, holy angels serve Jesus Christ. They are in his command. Their entire focus is to obey the Lord Jesus Christ and do his will. When you study the scriptures, they don't have emotions like we do. They're genuinely asking her. Now, you would think at some level they understand why she's crying, but they do ask her. They obviously know Jesus is risen, they knew always that he would be risen. The angels weren't worried. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? No need to be crying. God is in control. Jesus has got it handled. Look what Mary says. They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. They have taken my Lord away. My Lord away you have that personal relationship with Jesus where you know him as your Lord? Many of us know him as Savior. We know that we're sinful. We know that we need a Savior. We've run to the foot of the cross. But do we really know Jesus as our Lord? Intimately. They have taken my Lord away. That ought to be the cry of our hearts today, y'all. You want the cry of your heart, Matthew, to be, I want my Lord Jesus. I want to know my Lord Jesus. I want to walk with my Lord Jesus. He needs to be my Lord. The cry of your heart needs to be about Jesus being my Lord. Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. She thinks somebody, the gardener, the grave people, maybe thieves, vandals, whatever, have taken Jesus away. No one has taken him away, right? But that's what's going on in her mind. Obviously, she's incredibly overcome with grief. Verse 14, at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. A Bible study, they asked, you know, did Jesus change his appearance? And by this account, it does not appear so. You can just see that she is overcome with grief in a near unimaginable way. Her eyes, she's crying, are filled with tears. She asks the angels. They ask her why she's crying. She tells them why she's crying. And then it says she turned. And all of a sudden, she sees Jesus standing there. It's Jesus. But she doesn't recognize him. She doesn't realize it. And undoubtedly, it's because she's overcome with emotion. Her eyes are full of tears, and her, her mental capacity cannot put together that it would ever be Jesus because he, he, he was killed. Can you all see that? That would not naturally come into her mental capacity or ours unless we had meaningfully given ourselves to the scriptures. because verse 9 said, they still didn't understand from the scriptures. If we had known the scriptures and the word of God, then we would have known he had to rise from the dead and they would have been worried about all this. Yeah, I know he was crucified, but he's going to rise because that's what my Bible said. You see the lesson there? Wow. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Verse 15, woman, he said, why are you crying? It's funny. Jesus asked the same question as the angels. Exact same. Woman. Why are you crying? Verse 13. Jesus asked the same question. Verse 15. Woman, he said, why are you crying? But he adds this. Who is it you are looking for? Verse 15. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? (laughs) Um, Why does Jesus ask these kind of questions? Why is Jesus... Asking her a question instead of just saying, Mary, it's me. Why does he, why does he work like this? Y'all see that? Why not just tap her on the shoulder, give her a big hug? This is how he relates to us, right? Jesus wants us, Jesus literally uses every single opportunity to be an opportunity to grow in Christ to grow in relationship with him, to grow in learning about him. Literally nothing is wasted in Christ. If this was you or I, if you or I were Jesus in such an immensely emotional time of just tremendous pain, you and I, if we were Jesus, can we admit this? We would have just given her a hug and said, Mary, it's me, I'm here, don't cry. Not him. He first has to ask her questions that he already knows the answer to. It's amazing, isn't it? You see that, Scott? We would have immediately comforted her, immediately said, it's me, not him. He asks questions that he obviously knows all the answers to, and he does this for her benefit, and he does it for ours. Because he wants us to understand. He wants us to utilize these things that we would know him better and walk with him more intimately. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Once again, you just see her heart. She wants Jesus. I'll go get him. I'll handle it. Just tell me where he is. Tell me where you put him and and I'll get him. I'll take care of him. Just Do you see that? You see this woman's heart for Jesus? I want to be like this woman. Don't you want to be like this woman and have this kind of heart for Jesus? She thinks he's dead, but all she wants to do is love him and serve him and bless him and be with him. Verse 16, and you want to put your name in here, whatever your name is, wherever you are, Esther, right? Ireland, Chloe, Peyton, Ian, Benny. Jesus said to her, Mary. Verse 16. Can you hear Jesus say your name? Can you hear, can you, can you, can you hear Jesus said, Tom? Jesus said, Judy? you hear that? Jesus said, May. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she knows his voice. And I wanna know Jesus's voice like Mary does. And I don't, I don't think I do. I know Jesus, I'm knowing him better, but, but I don't think I know him like she knew him. I don't think I loved him or love him like she loved him, but I want to. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And then she goes and thrusts her arms around him and hugs him and is overwhelmed out of her mind with joy. Jesus asked to tell her, do not hold on to me for I have not yet returned to the father. This is not the time. And look what he tells her now. Go instead to my brothers and tell them. And we're going to end this here. Not only is the first person to see Jesus after his resurrection, not only is the first eyewitness of the resurrection a woman, but then he's going to commission Mary, commission this woman, to go and give the revelation to the men with instructions for the men unheard of in this time again women weren't the ones that would commission the men women weren't the ones ever to give instructions to the men but Jesus is no respecter of persons why was Mary chosen for this Madeline Adelaide because she loved him the most because she cared for him the most, because she stayed and waited. She didn't go home. Of course, Peter and John loved him immensely. But Mary didn't go home. First two words of verse 11. And so Mary is chosen for all of this. Jesus apparently isn't bothered or concerned with the fact she's a woman. She stayed. Her heart was to find Jesus so much. And because of that, She is the first person, the first eyewitness of the resurrected Christ, which is the most pivotal and important and magnificent eyewitness in history. You were the first person to see Jesus alive. And since you waited on me, Mary, since she cared and loved, now, instead of holding on to me, go instead to my brothers, the disciples, and tell them, Mary has a message from Christ and she's going to go preach the first message of the resurrected Christ, Kimberly. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The more... We have a heart like this woman does. The more intimately we'll know Jesus, the more intimately we'll walk with Jesus, and absolutely, the more we will be used by Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Again, Is that the cry of your heart today? Is that the cry of my heart? Do we want to say, I have seen the Lord this Good Friday, this Easter weekend. I have seen the Lord. She would not have seen the Lord if she went home with Peter and John. I have seen the Lord. Do you want to see the Lord Jesus today? The more you have a heart for him the more you give yourself to him, the more you spend time with him, the more you love him and know his love, the more you will see him in every aspect of your life, in all that you do, Nathan. Do you have a heart today to see Jesus, to know Jesus, to spend time with Jesus? If you'll give yourself today to the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you're already a Christian, if if you will give yourself to greater devotion to Jesus, what does that mean? Number one, it means that you're going to spend more time in your Bible, in the scriptures. Remember John 20 verse 9 says they still didn't understand from the scripture. Everything of importance in our lives that we don't understand is because we don't understand from the scripture. So today, if you wanna know Jesus better, start spending more time in your Bible, reading your Bible, studying your Bible, meditating on your Bible, memorizing your Bible, above all, obeying your Bible, the Word of God. Begin to spend more time in thanksgiving and prayer, just genuinely thanking Jesus daily for all the blessings and favor and wonder in your life and be more intentional in your prayer life. Alone, your personal prayer life, and with your family, your spouse, your friends, be more intentional in prayer. Call your brothers and sisters in Christ and say, hey, you wanna pray together? We grow in relationship with Jesus when when we pray and when we thank him and when we worship him. Get in Christian community, wherever you can find it, certainly at your church, But wherever you can find it, you want more community. We live in an age of technology where you can have community by calling somebody on the phone. And when you call them, instead of talking about, you know, all the other stuff we talk about, all of our other interests, talk about Jesus. Talk about the Bible. Talk about, man, I read this passage and it really convicted me. And what do you think? If you'll give your time in devotion to Jesus Christ and growing to know him better, you and I will begin to have a heart more and more and more like this incredible woman of God, Mary Magdalene. And as sure as he appeared to her, he will increasingly appear to us in every aspect of our lives. And all of them. spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, and relationally, Melanie, right? In every aspect of our lives. Well, thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, it's a good Friday today. It is a good Friday for us, Lord, and we worship you and we love you and we thank you, Lord. And our heart, Lord, is to be a witness of you like this woman Mary Magdalene was, Lord. Lord, we want to witness for Jesus and to tell others about Jesus and to run when you give us a revelation as Mary did and and just tell of what Jesus has shown us Lord, we thank you for living your life perfectly on our behalf and dying the horrific death you did on our behalf. And we thank you that you are alive and risen today. Jesus, we worship you, our risen Savior. We honor you, we love you, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to help us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us to see Jesus with our eyes and to hear Jesus with our ears more and more and more, Lord beginning in this Easter season and carrying on through all the days of our lives. Father, we love you. We thank you that you are our God and Father. We thank you for your love for us, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the living word of God, Father. But above all, we thank you for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our only Lord our only Lord and Savior and Master and King and God. We love you and worship you, Father. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.